0: Podcast. I am Brent Knight, once again joined by my favorite co-host,
1: Marcos Lemus.
0: Hoorah! He's back in the building. This is episode three, and without further ado, we're going to jump right into the weekly rundown. Our first segment on today's podcast. Last week, kind of a small week for the Kings. One, uh, one win, one loss. They faced the Suns and the Minnesota Timberwolves. Of course, the win came against the Suns at home, and the loss came in chilly Minnesota the shots were frozen as well as many of the Kings um, I wish uh, we would have done a little better in Minnesota but you know the facts remain the Kings are a little closer to the Suns than they are from the Timberwolves how do we take the leap and become the Timberwolves
1: I mean we're just a few quick uh, trade pieces away um, the Timberwolves is just a super super young incredibly athletic team a very tough team for us to match, but I think we're on that we're on that way up. Um, they just have a full cast of of young guys who are ready to take the the roles that our veterans are kind of filling right now. So once our guys kind of meet that par, um, we don't need to rely on the veterans as much. I think we'll be we'll be there. We'll be there.
0: Yeah, I think you're right. Do you think that uh, the addition of the Kings' veterans this year is a step in the right direction? Kind of how the uh, Timberwolves have added Jimmy Butler.
1: Oh, I definitely think it is. You know those guys are out there to to show the young guys kind of the ropes and and uh, you know how to close out games consistently. Um, that's exactly what we need. Well, speaking of young talent, one of
0: our youngest and brightest stars, and uh, it's enduring a little bit of a slump right now, is the 19-year-old De'Aaron Fox. Uh, we were lucky enough to find some pretty interesting analysis in the comments section of an article. That's right. Shout out to the wonderful, uh, I think I forgot his screen name, but it was some great analysis. And I'm curious, do you think that Fox will be the budding answer to the King's
1: troubles? Man, do we all hope so. I think everybody's saying he just tends to put on a little bit of size, a little bit of muscle. Um, I think he doesn't quite have that NBA body yet that everybody talks about, Um, but he's exactly what we need to be right now. Um, Of course, he's still got a lot of room to grow as all of our rookies do, but incredibly promising. Haven't seen anybody this fast in a Kings jersey in I don't know how long. Maybe, maybe ever. Let's not forget two game-winning shots already in his young career. That's two game-winning
0: shots. That's and right. as the article pointed out or the comment pointed out, he is doing things a 19-year-old should not be able to do on defense. Um, a not-so-young, but a young-ish star is Buddy Heald. And this week... Uh, when uh, there was enough games to be played for this to actually compile stats. They said that Buddy Heald leads the league in three-point percentage. Leads the league? Leads the league. I mean, at least we can hang our hats. That's how it is with the Kings. We just hang our hats on the uh, the small victories. In this case, Buddy Heald leading the league in three-point percentage, as well as our young rookie, Frank Mason, who's second among all rooks with three-point percentage. I think this is the type of shooting that is necessary in the NBA what is uh, the next move for the Kings uh, with these two young pieces?
1: I mean, really just pushing the ball and being able to explode towards the hoop. Um, that's something that both these guys have the ability to do. I just don't want them to rely too much on that that three-point shot. But we're coming to see that's kind of where the league is turning towards, right? Every player uh, from the point guard to the center has to have that perimeter shot. And it's nice to know that these rookies are coming into the league ready to go, kind of already understand that and have that squared away.
0: Yeah, it's really crucial. Uh, I think as part of Coach Jaeger's offensive identity is not that we take a high volume of three point shot, but we take a high volume of quality three point shots. And um, one player who, even though I wince every time he takes a three point shot, uh, <laughs> Zebo is still shining. Still and killing it. I gotta say, they need to come up with a platinum player of the year award uh, for players like Zebo I'm love thinking it. 35 years or older. We call it the platinum player. Who doesn't want to plan and play a platinum player year award?
1: I do. I love it. I love it. We we got a couple of those, it looks like, on our <laughs> roster.
0: That's true. I guess uh Vince Carter could uh and then maybe it's like the older they are, the more surprising it is. So you gotta always like factor that out. Like, you know, so maybe Vince Carter at 40. Vince yeah, Vince Carter, best player in the league over 40. <laughs> Pretty much. Um, it's it's always fun to watch these players. But interestingly enough, Zebo is kind of a uh, sore subject for Kings fans. Some people are pointing out uh, the numbers that the Kings are having when he's not on the court. Uh, So I'm curious, do you think that Zach Randolph is a positive or negative for this young team when he's on the court?
1: I think it's a double-edged sword. Um, I think overall, let me just square this away, I think it's a positive. I do. Um, I think too often we get into this talk of you know, is the ball going there too many times? I think you can just as easily, right, rewind a year ago and insert uh, DeMarcus Cousins into that that conversation. Um, and everyone's asking, is the ball going there too too much? You know, I think the Kings definitely found what works, and that's kind of their go-to guy. When they need two points um, and they need a, somebody to bang, grab a rebound and, you know, get a basket, he's that guy. He's that guy to do that. Is it taken away from our young bigs developing a little bit? Maybe, but maybe not. You know, sometimes that's the best way to learn is to see somebody who's been doing it for years go out there and do it better right in front of your eyes, and then you know you get to go out there and try to match that as soon as you get your chance to get on the court.
0: Yeah, I, I kind of see your point too. I see that he's sort of a uh, someone to look up to, someone whose footwork is so clean that I—I I mean, I feel like it's hard to keep any young player away from someone who's got that good of fundamentals. I. Uh, he, whenever I I think of Zach Randolph, I don't know for some reason I always think of Scalabissier because I want like maybe through osmosis his skills to just kind of like transfer onto Scal yeah. uh, specifically like you know like the rebounding and uh, also too like they probably have the complete opposite when it comes from the waist below like Scal sure, is sure. the skinniest easiest to move, um, which brings me to kind of the bad of the week and that is Scal skills are kind of just sticking out. He seems to just having a hard time getting traction this season.
1: What do you see as the best and worst case scenario for the uh, Scal's path this season? I mean, best case scenario, um, you know, Scal feels that he's ready to, and Coach Yeager feels he's ready to take over. Um, maybe you're not that starting role quite yet. I think hopefully endgame, right? But uh, even just to acquire some more minutes more consistently down the stretch, you know, with Zach Randolph being... The guy that he's shown us he can be for us, um, even in his old age. You know, you want to see the younger guys kind of take that torch and, and continue to, to bang towards the end of the game. Um, and we can kind of rest our veterans to, to close out those ball games. You know. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I, I would like to see uh, Scal grow into something um, that, you know, a long term member of this fan, of, of this team. Um, I just don't know. Like, I, like the only player he reminds me of is Tim Duncan, and that is such a freaking high uh, level. I feel like it's really unfair to, you know, compare him to that. So uh, it's open. I would say like if maybe seventy percent of uh, Anthony Davis would be fine with me too, but uh, once again, the bar is a little too high. Um, another thing that was bad this week in Sacramento Kings was. Well, I guess there's no way to put it but just calling it the George Hill drama. Uh, it was the first, this week was the first time players acquired last season can be traded. So because the, the Sacramento Kings fan base is kind of conditioned, we immediately started thinking, what can we get for George Hill? So my question to you, Marcos, is, is this the right thing to do? Should we trade George Hill or should we rejoice that a player like that has signed with us?
1: What do you think? I mean, I, I like the George Hill acquisition. Um, right now, I think we talk about our, our point guard by committee um, with George Hill, Frank Mason, and Tieran Fox. Um, I think he's a great leader for those guys. But again, you know, kind of going back to the whole rookies, assuming that that uh, ending game uh, lineup. You know, you want those guys to be there, and you want George Hill to kind of be okay with and and be all right with kind of taking that back seat once these guys can um, can fill that role. But I like George Hill. I don't like. The, this whole consensus that we need to start getting ready to trade him for some other pieces. I think we need to kind of build trust for other players to be able to, to feel comfortable coming over here and maybe making a home here. I just think that's kind of the culture we need to start to breed as opposed to trading away and trading for something that works for that season and then you know being done with it the next season. We need to have a little more consistency.
0: Yeah, it'd be crazy to have uh, the same veterans on the team, like, more than one year running. So <laughs> it would, uh, yeah. <laughs> I, I would celebrate that. And um, speaking of George Hill being trade eligible, like, what could we get for
1: him? Just hypothetically. Ooh. Oh, man. Uh, you know what? That just goes to show how much I have not considered that. I don't even know who's available right now. Good. I, I think that the only
0: team that is eligible for him is probably uh, George Hill. And uh, I mean, it's
1: probably the Cleveland
0: Cavaliers. Cavs, okay. Um, but that I think has a lot to do with
1: IT coming back and whatnot. Hey, um, if we can make that work and get IT back, I'm all for that. If you can talk to our management somehow and make that work, a George Mason would... IT backcourt.
0: Oh man, I don't even know what the name of that would be, like the M and M's or something like that. I, that makes no sense. Why did I say M and M's? All right. Uh, well, we were talking about George Hill, who runs the fast break well. Makes sense that we should just jump right into our favorite section thing we call fast break. Fast break. First question on the fast break. Hit me with it, Marcus. What we got?
1: All right. Let's see. All right. Who on the Kings team would be the best wingman to double date and or go out with? What would you say? First one that comes to mind. Uh, he probably doesn't want to do this, but I would say Vince Carter. Uh, Vince Carter. He's gonna have the clout, but
0: he's also gonna have like you know uh, all the old man tricks. I guess you know, like he's uh, very statesman like he's mature he probably knows the best restaurants in town he's got a a limo driver without a doubt you know so there's probably going to be things to he he knows how to impress the ladies i bet
1: okay he strikes me as a scotch drinker i don't know why (laughs) uh who who do you think would be the best on the team
0: to be a wingman
1: uh oh man i'm gonna say zach randolph for a lot of the same reasons i think he's a well-dressed guy um I don't think he would try to swoop on anybody I'm talking to. Uh, and no <laughs> one I have to worry about that, right? And no
0: ex boyfriend probably. No, you know, yeah. especially if you're out like trying to talk to somebody like Zach Randall's right behind you. Oh yeah, he's a big dude. That's you're... that's exactly the wingman you want. It's gonna set a screen for you. <laughs> there you go. You know. um, all right. Uh, the next fast break one is for you, Marcus. And who
1: on the team would you call for tech support? Oh, uh, I'm gonna go with this may be a cliche answer. I'm gonna say Deer and Fox and Fox. Dearon Fox is like the known to be the the gamer on the team, right? Um, maybe an easy answer, but no. I'm gonna go Deer I, I, I think I, he knows I'm what he's talking knows he's talking about in the IT world. Pretty sure it's the only answer. I don't <laughs>
0: know. Like when I wrote it, I pretty much wrote it with your own in mind, so yeah, sure. Darren Fox. Perfect. All right,
1: next one. Who's up? Jack Cooley, because Jack Cooley. Because he's got the goggles? Oh. He seems <laughs> like he knows, yeah, he knows his way around some stuff. All right. Um, okay, who's the best at karaoke? And what do they sing? Okay,
0: now this is probably just because of his appearance, but I'm saying Gary Temple. Gary Temple. Uh, okay. Something about that beard. And oh, his, yeah. Uh, you know, maybe just it's just about his hair care. It tells me that that's a guy who can get behind a mic and uh, croon. You know, he okay. can just really, really say some. Uh, he's probably got a real baritone voice, I bet. Okay. Um, something like Nat King Cole, maybe. Just like, like once he opens his mouth. People are like, what? Like, uh, Victor Oladipo, remember? Okay. Interesting. Interesting. I can see that. All right. um, Now, I don't know how closely you've been paying attention to the Kings media team, but uh, they've been trying to hype up uh, a lot of Star Wars and Christmas things. So I'm curious, who who on the Kings do you think has the best Christmas lights at their house?
1: Okay. All right. Hear me out. I think the first episode we were talking about whose house we'd want to go over to for Christmas Mm, dinner or Thanksgiving dinner, right? Yeah. (laughs) And just because I want to see this, I'm gonna I'm gonna go ahead and say Coach Dave Yeager. I want to see where Coach Dave Yeager ended up getting his house at when he finally came over here in Sacramento. And I want to see how he decorates it. I'm curious. Yeah, there's something
0: about Coach Yeager that tells me he's got a rocking Christmas tree light. Um, I was up in Grand. Bay or Granite Park, I don't really know this uh, town, but uh, in the Rich area, there are some pretty nice Christmas tree lights. And I, I was wondering to myself, are these the Kings players? Perhaps, Coach Yeager? Um, so yeah, I'm happy we're on the same page there. Now, also kind of f- along the lines of holidays, there's a lot of dinners around the holiday time.
1: Who on the Kings do you think organizes the best team dinners? Um, this might just be a cop out, but this is the answer I had. I said, coach Yeager again. <laughs> fair I, enough. I mean, he's enough. the organizer of the team, right? If I were to pick a player, um, I'm going to probably have to go with Vince Carter. Vince Carter seems like that, that, uh, leadership kind of almost fatherly figure kind of guy. Um, getting the team together for a nice team dinner before, uh, before an away trip. I definitely could see that. on, on some just like low key and it's
0: something that has to do with that blonde hair again. I could see like George just <laughs> being like really like pretentious about his, uh, you know, like entertaining. um, but, yeah, I, th- I think that's a good answer with Vince Carter or Kurt Schieger as well. Uh, okay. Hit me with the last one. Who, who All right, was last, last
1: one. one. Uh, who's the biggest partier on the team? What?
0: Oh, man, none of these guys stretch me as partiers.
1: Who goes hard on a Friday night where we don't have a game?
0: Oh, man. I guess it's got to be Zach Randolph, but I feel like he's over the edge. So out of the young, over the hill a bit. So maybe he's, like, rested a little bit. I'll say. Under 35. De'Aaron Fox. <laughs> dear Fox. I, I. He's 19. He can't go to a club, but I do remember during a rookie conversation, he defined himself as the crazy one. Okay. Whatever that means. Okay. Maybe it's just like a low, like a, a crazy uh, video gamer rave is where he's going. <laughs> That's what I'm picturing. I could buy that. All right. Uh, speaking of partying, uh, we're going to enter into one of my favorite sections, which I consider just an absolute party. It's called what's the word. Uh, this is where we give one word and the other one of us uh so it's the first thing that comes to our mind it's one word or phrase one word or phrase is fine uh why don't you uh lead us off marcos what's my first word
1: all right here we, here we go first phrase king's black statement court
0: um nba world worldly uh
1: the, the globalization of the nba okay uh the court what was the translation again? It was Raja. So I think the translation underneath the king's emblems, the little side emblem, the smaller one, um, read Raja, which I believe means king in Hindi. Yeah, I, I like that. It's a, furthers the uh, you know the identity of the owner onto
0: the court, um, and also too if we can branch out and you know get more kings fans anyway, I'm all for it. Uh, I'd like to see that court go under makeovers and you know a, approach other cultures as well. But, um, you know, it was fitting. It was nice to see as well. So, uh, yeah, I like that.
1: I like it. All right. My first uh, word or person for you is Vladi Divak. Oh, Vlade. Vlade, um, just because of everything that's been going on, I'm going to say future. Vla- uh-huh. Vladi literally is the future of the Sacramento Kings team. So, Vlade, my prayers are with you, man.
0: Yeah, he's the Serbian Oracle, <laughs> as
1: I like to call him. All right. What's the next
0: word? Uh, next one I got, Garrett Temple. Tough. Tough as nails. Um, the guy is somebody, he's my number one person I'm going into battle with. Uh, also, too, this, I've always thought about this. He would be one of my first players I was, would pick
1: in a 2-on-2 tournament if
0: I was to join one player with myself. Okay. Um, just because he's got so many, like he's kind of good at everything, I feel like.
1: Incredibly fundamentally sound. Yeah. 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 He's and just he's an not going to pitch about
0: guarding anyone either. He'll no. Just, like, do it. All right.
1: All right. Next one. Oh. Yeah,
0: yeah. My turn. So, uh,
1: Costa. Costa. I'm going to say, um, I'm going to say birthday buddy. Costa and I actually share a birthday. I don't know if I told you that before. Both our birthdays fall on February 24th. So, Costa's my my Pisces homie. Have you had any, uh, co-birthday partying? Like, have you ever seen him out and about on the town? Have not. Have not, no. Costa, that's an open invitation, I think. Hey. (laughs) All right man uh so who is uh next one for you harry giles Oh, harry giles um
0: i wish i knew my star wars term like he would be like the the great hope the great jedi hope or something the last hope (laughs) maybe of these rookies uh justin jackson uh you've turned out to be a little bit of a project without body i would love harry giles to be that at the rim finisher we need you know, like, Willie Colley Stein is there, but there is something uh, that just kind of, like, kills me in his ability to finish, you know? Um, Harry Giles, I want him to be that, like, force of nature, that, like, KG, if you will, for our team. I don't know if that's possible, though.
1: Okay. Okay. All
0: right. We have one uh, more uh, for you. This one I have is called um, –
1: it's not really a player, not really a coach – Slamson. I'm going to say Energy energy Slamson brings energy every single time whether i'm in that arena or i just see him on tv jumping around um uh, he just he just embodies the energy of what the king should have all the time he's a fellow rollerblader so i love the guy oh uh, yeah
0: also i've heard great things about him uh when he's not in the suit which actually i don't even know if that was possible um, i thought Slamson was just like a human lion um but uh our producer has chimed in with some last minute
1: words Uh, All right, what's it going to be? Oh, man. Okay, so in light of uh, the retirement of his jersey on Monday, what is your favorite Kobe Bryant versus Kings memory? When Doug Christie punched him. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man, that might be the easiest and probably best answer. I think we have to end it right there.
0: Yeah, I think so, too. Uh, I really, really fucking hated Kobe and the Kings. The only person I hated more than Kobe was Shaquille Robert. O'Neal. Oh. Uh, just I thought that they refed him like an asshole. Like, seriously, no one should be able to throw bows when you're 310. That's like what I call unfair. And um, yeah, just all that bullshit. But I will say Kobe Bryant, late in life, really like him. Shout out to Muse Productions. I think you're going to have a great afterlife in uh, video producing, Mr. Kobe Bryant. Um, so as we end, what's the word? We will end on another esoteric section. This is where, uh, well, speaking of producer hats, and Kobe Bryant, we might as well put on ours because today we will be casting, well, Starbucks drinks. Oh man! For the Kings. Now, I feel like our entire culture has been Starbucks sized. So, uh, like my mom, when she goes to uh, order coffee, she cannot order in any size other than Vinti, Grande, or Tall. And other coffee places are like, lady, you're not at Starbucks. Okay. Um, so, let's focus for De'Aaron Fox. What is his drink?
1: Oh, man. Uh, I, I picture, again, De'Aaron Fox after a, you know, a perf- great, incredible performance um, here at Golden One Center, going home and sipping on a nice warm pumpkin spice latte with his video games and just chilling out relaxing. I could see that too. He, uh, or it's just some hot cocoa. I don't want to go pumpkin spice latte. That's very, that's very basic. Darren okay. Fox is better than that. Just a nice, nice little hot chocolate. Chill with his video games. I think that the last minute switch to hot chocolate was perfect. Uh, I wasn't sure
0: he was a pumpkin spice person. I'm really happy. The hot chocolate was brought in. I personally <laughs> love hot chocolate from Starbucks. So, uh, Darren, I'm sure you do. Uh, Second person we have up is Bogdan Bogdanovich. And I, I think it's pretty simple. It's easy. It's a drink that no one orders. What do you got for
1: Bogdan? Americano. Americano? Oh, yeah. oh,
0: okay. And can't you just see it? It's like every Kings players go to the reserve bar. It's like Bogdan's first time. They're like, Bogdan, we got this. We got this. We got this. Bogdan, what is it going to get? Americano. <laughs> and uh, yeah, it's great. I also think that... Um, Bogdan still is the highlight of the season, um, I can't say. Um,
1: the next person we have up is Zebo. Zebo. okay. Who, what, what drink is he going to have? Man, I think Zebo just goes with the, the straight black coffee. I think Zebo doesn't mess around. He's there just to get his caffeine, go out on the court and get, get right to business. I think he's just a straight coffee black kind of guy. Uh, well,
0: I think you might be very unfamiliar with the Reserve Bar. Because at the Reserve Bar, there is a nitro-brewed chocolate malt. Uh, it's uh, with cold brew coffee, nitro-brewed to have ice cream in it. So I think Zeebo is definitely the malty type of guy. Um, the Reserve Bar is a pretty great place to be if you're trying to hang out before Kings games. And from what I hear, I have an inside insider
1: source who works there. Vladi and Peja go there religiously interesting i've never stepped foot in there heard a lot about it but now i'm gonna have to go if you want some eight dollar drinks you should
0: go there there's a cafe angelique which is pretty good and uh everything else is pretty normal except for there's like six drinks that you can only get there which are pretty good wow Um,
1: that's pretty cool our producers telling us that we here in sacramento right outside of golden one center have one out of about 25 maybe 30 in the whole entire world that's pretty incredible
0: Yeah, it's a pretty good time, and for some reason, it's not crazy, crazy uh, busy, so uh, it's pretty accessible. It's not like you have to go and wait in line uh, to get your drink. So uh, yeah, if you're down by King Stadium, I highly suggest you check it out. It's one of the first things kind of like to uh, pop up in that whole Golden One area. I believe they call it DOCO. But that's about it for us today on the uh, Sacramento Kings podcast, uh, or the Purple Hoops podcast. I hope uh, all you fans out there are enjoying the Toronto Raptors-Kings game today. And as a reminder, when all this trade hoop, uh, after all this trade chatter starts sparking, uh, settle down, Kings fans. Let's be happy with what we have and where we're going.
1: So uh, as a reminder, stay purple and stay proud. Thanks for listening, guys. Go ahead and follow us on Facebook, Instagram, at Purple Hoops Podcast and or Purple Hoops Pod. Okay, go give us a like and follow. Show us some love. Thanks again for listening. Peace. Peace.